Welcome to the Heather Penny Podcast, where our goal is to help you reach your potential by increasing clarity, building confidence, and engaging courage. Heather is a leadership coach, trusted advisor, and admired author. I'm Christina Morales. I'm a writer and a marketer, and Heather is my dear friend and confidant. And today, we're going to talk about the importance of rest. And this is what I told Heather. I need this therapy, and you all can come along for the ride. I am not going to lie. I am struggling with getting rest. So not only are there a lot of demands placed on women, but when we do rest, we feel guilty. I feel like I'm lazy. I have laundry to do. I should be playing with my kids. I just don't understand the word rest. So Heather, I always like to start out with a definition because your definitions are different than mine. My definition of rest is I'm going to take a nap or I'm going to go to sleep. And I know that's not what you mean. Can you tell me what you mean by the word rest? Yeah, I like using the term restorative rest. And I do a little bit of play on words where when I say restorative rest, the first four letters in restorative is, is R-E-S-T. So mm -hmm. I like having that and reminding people that in the word restorative is the word rest. And the idea of restorative rest is much more comprehensive. It's learning how to rest your mind mm -hmm. and all that mind chatter that's going on. Yeah. And yeah. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> there's a lot going on. <laughs> I hear you. I have to work really hard on that little mind chatter. Sometimes right. resting my mind is just a full-time job. Yes. Um, so it's resting your mind. It's resting your body. We push our bodies hard. We work our bodies hard. It's resting your heart. It's resting your spirit. Mm -hmm. so it's really this four-part rest where you're just constantly being aware of what is, what is needing rest, but also how as you're resting, you're just learning how to restore it a little bit more. You're learning mm -hmm. how to feed your mind, how to feed your heart, how to feed your spirit, how to kind of feed your body. And so restorative rest can look very, very different for everyone. There's an active rest, which is like, my husband loves doing this, run, jumping on his bike and just taking off. And yeah. I'll just see him kamikaze all over the city. <laughs> like, I'll recognize this bike. I'm like, is that he looks vaguely familiar. Oh, that's my husband. <laughs> that's clearly his active rest. And he has an intense job. And when he gets on that bike, it's just like he's in his own world. Mm -hmm. Rest or more of a um, relaxing rest could be more of like meditation. But you can see that both are types of rest. And we need both. If you're only doing active rest, it's never going to be enough. One of the ways I watch my husband rest is he'll sit there and just write poetry. Really? Yeah, he's an amazing poet. Uh -huh. um, or he'll just get up in the morning and I'll just see him just sipping his latte and reading a book. So that's really, you know, contemplative rest. And then he's jumping on his bike and doing his active rest. So uh -huh. both forms are really important to, for us to be doing on a daily basis. Mm -hmm. I love that because like I'm going, going, going. And I'm like, why am I so tired? Why don't I feel like I've accomplished anything, but I'm not taking that time to rest or I'm sewing and I'm doing that, but I'm not just being still because yes. I'm still like plotting and thinking and yes. trying to create something. When you talk about the three C's, you mentioned that rest is needed for clarity, which is the first C. Oh, can you explain that? How is rest the catalyst for clarity? Yeah, I think clarity is understanding what you're living in. And I'll give it with a story. Okay. Um, let's call her... I'm going to call her Amy. 
haircut. She, she's this amazing client I work with. I never like to use real names, but just this amazing woman who came to me and Amy was exhausted, fried. And I said, well, tell me a little bit about your life. What's going on? Well, she's trying to run her own real estate business. She's got two toddlers, uh, two and four. The oldest one is sleeping with them every night with her and her husband and is a tosser and a turner and can't, she's not sleeping through the night. And then she is, as soon as they sit down and relax at night around 7.30 or 8 after they get the kids down, she uses that time then to clean the house. Mm -hmm. <laughs> you see where I'm going with this? Yes. So, you know, bless her. This is where I see common a lot of women are trying to keep the life that they had before they had kids. <laughs> so I just go, uh, has anyone told you that the laundry and the food in the kitchen is just pretty much a full-time job with toddlers? I mean, and what you used to do before kids, you can't keep doing. We know this in our head logically, but we're so down on it, especially my high overachievers. We get so frustrated with ourselves because we can't keep up the life we used mm -hmm. to. She's like, I can't seem to make calls. I can't seem to get clients. I can't seem to sell houses. And I remember listening to her going, well, when are you working? Well, I don't have, I don't have time to sit in my office. Mm. Actually, I don't even have an office anymore. You know, so she's trying to deal while she's got a baby on the hip. She's trying to get the same results with this right. lifestyle that she had before kids. Right. Again, she's a smart, bright woman, but she just hadn't really thought through. And so her clarity was, was really uh, lacking. What mm -hmm. I tried to, what I, you know, it was really powerful in our conversations is I said, well, let's just stop and really look at the life you have now and the life you used to have. Now let's compare the results. Now let's understand if you want these same results, what do we need to do in order to adjust the life you have? Again, being a very bright woman, she's like, oh yeah, I'm hiring a house cleaner. Oh my goodness. I'm going to go rent an office space. <laughs> oh my goodness. I'm hiring a um, babysitter. I go, well, there you go. You know, problem solved. But it all came from the clarity of she was trying to keep up with the same life she had before she had been, uh, had kids. Right. Well, it feels like we've been given this message that you can have it all. You can have the full-time job and the perfect kids and the clean, perfect house. And so I feel like, not like I'm keeping up with the Joneses, but I feel like I have to live this life of perfection. My house is always clean and my kids always do look good and I am working full-time, but I'm tired. And at what cost is it coming at? Yeah. One of the things I had to learn to do when I went through the toddler stage myself, and I waited 10 years before I had kids. So I was a bit of shock and awe. <laughs> and I had two kids and two, and uh, they were two years apart. So it was like, uh, I call it the year of the fog when, you know, they were both probably around one and three. I just mm -hmm. thought constantly wiping and feeding and cleaning. And I just could hardly keep up with everything. One of the, the packs I made with myself was every day at nap time, when I put them down between two, you know, two, mm -hmm. two p.m., I would sit down with my favorite book and a cup of tea mm -hmm. in the middle of piles of laundry, in the middle of, you know, a messy house, toys everywhere. It was not the time to sit and clean. That's the number one thing I will tell moms. I'm just like, don't use your downtime <laughs> to go clean. Mm -hmm. It's just not where you're at. You're like, well, I can't relax. I understand that. I can't really relax either. So I hired some help, but there's this, you have to have this whole new way of what you're looking at life. And that's where you bring your clarity in and just letting yourself off the hook to not be and do the same amount of work that you used to do before or be the same person you were before.
you want to be fully present for those kids. You know, you want to enjoy yeah. being a mother. You didn't want to remember your years of, of uh, just trying to clean up and keep everyone straight and, and organized. Mm -hmm. What do you do though if you can't afford to hire the help, the office and the housekeeper and yeah. the babysitters? How do you? Great question. Uh, yeah, yeah, finances. I've had I've had money and I've not had money. Wow. <laughs> so I've <had> all. <laughs> um, I'll tell you what I did when I had no money. Mm -hmm. and I yeah, I found a gym with daycare, and it had two mm -hmm. hours. And I'm super picky about who watches my kids. And mm -hmm. so I was able to see this whole window. So I could watch them the whole time. It's a beautiful gym. The first hour I'd work out. And the second hour I would uh, go and relax with a book. Okay. And it was two hours. That's and great. my kids loved it. It was like this little summer camp they were doing. Um, I'm not saying that everyone has to do it that way, but I, you can get creative. I think what is hard is when I keep hearing women, I can't. I just can't afford it. And I go, if money is always stopping you as a woman, you're oh. never going to get creative. You've got to find a way to do it. The other way I would do it is I would put them in a um, double stroller and mm -hmm. <laughs> give them their little snacks. My kids were the type that once they got out in, their, in nature in a double stroller, it was just the most peaceful thing. Laps mm. around the city. <laughs> yeah, that's <laughs> you know, great. It was my, uh, my kind of little bit of think time, relax time, not having to entertain them all the time. So there's definitely ways to do it that even if you don't have money that you can just let yourself let down. I also uh, shared time with a girlfriend of mine because mm -hmm. neither of us had money. So we're like, hey, you take my kids <laughs> this Friday night. I'll take your kids that Friday night or I just need okay. some space Wednesday afternoon. So we did some co-op sharing. And mm -hmm. That was a lot of fun where we were both able to help each other out because we couldn't afford a babysitter. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Those are really good options. Um, and here's the dichotomy that a lot of us face. I'm too busy to rest, but I'm so busy that in order to charge, I need to rest. So I can't rest, but I need to rest. How do I carve out time in my life to do this? Yeah, that's a great question. I think, again, before I had kids, my form of rest would be wake up, relax, have a nice cup of tea. Yeah go for a stroll, come back and spend three or four hours doing a painting. I mean, it was blissful, you know, maybe visit yeah. a museum, call a girlfriend, have lunch. My goodness, my whole life changed after, you know, marriage and kids and then career and my own company. Yeah. I began to realize my forms of rest weren't in hours. They were more in minutes. So then I had to do it throughout the day. The same woman, Amy, I was working with, what I told her about rest, she goes, I know I need it, but I can't. Yeah. One of the things, I still remember the conversation. We got it down to one minute, three times. I was like, just start there. Wherever you can start. And so she started there. What's really cool is when you give yourself the permission to start at any tiny little place, the next conversation, she came back and she goes, I did 15 minutes. I go, awesome. Did the world fall apart? <laughs> Was everybody okay? Yeah. So, and it got more and more creative till she moved into yeah, I did a girls weekend trip away really? for three days with my girlfriends and we all went to Utah. You know, I just, I was like, I was so proud of her. And yeah. so I say, many of us go, we look at, we look at these other women maybe and we say, oh, they got the house cleaners. They're doing that. They're doing this. They have the money. They've got all this help. Well, once we start comparing, we've already lost the battle. You know, mm, you have to live in your world, in your space and say, I get to have what I need. I get to rest to restore myself because that's what makes me a better mother. 
what we're dealing with is oftentimes we're dealing with the women who are saying, I don't have the time to rest and the world is on my shoulders. And if I stop, every, everything else will just fall apart. Uh -huh. That's false belief. It's actually pretty um, narcissistic. Uh -huh. <laughs> and I'm going to say that with all my fingers pointing back. Right, right. I got stuck and trapped in that and said, Heather, you, don't, you can't afford to stop. Everybody needs you. And if you stop, everything will fall apart. Well, that's a really damaging belief. It was kind of godlike. I, I am not God, you know, I am a human being and I need rest just like everybody else. It's like trying to live without oxygen. Mm -hmm. So once I recognized that that was a false belief that was really hurting me, I just said, I don't know how I'm going to do it, but I believe and I know that I need rest to restore my heart, mind, body, soul. So I'm going to find a way to do that. Once mm -hmm. I gave that myself that permission to do that, I began creative ways started opening up. So I think that that's the biggest block you have to start with. And with Amy, I had to start with her and say, okay, can you try three minutes, three times a day? And it was awesome to see what she did. Mm -hmm. I think one thing I do to, uh, to almost sabotage my rest is I have time sucks. Oh, I'm just going to look at Facebook for five minutes. Or uh, <laughs> we were talking about this beforehand. I have a needy friend and she says, oh, but I need your help. And I'm like, okay. And so these times of rest that I could have, they're already sabotaged. Tell me I'm not alone. <laughs> You're not alone. Yes. You're not alone. And the more, in here, there's a cost of success. The more successful you get as a, whether you're working your career or in your friendships or anything else, the more you're beautiful and bigger, the world it grows, the more clarity you're going to have to have on what you need in order to rest. Mm -hmm. That's really good. And so I, when I carve out time, my biggest problem is my mind is running, running, running. I have my past, I don't want to call them my past demons, but then it's the past issues that I've been working with. Well, what about this? What about that? What is this person thinking? How do I turn off my brain? I think as women, that is a huge issue. It is a very huge issue. And there's so many ways to do it. And I actually do tons of workshops on it. But one of my favorite ways is to be able to just slow down. And I'll either start doodling and drawing. Or I might start doing something like um, listening to a podcast. So I can listen to someone else's words other than mine. <laughs> a lot of times I'm too exhausted to even pick up a pencil or pen, right? So I have people that I know I've listened to. In fact, I listened to a second podcast just the other day um, by Sue Monk Kidd. I love her. I love her writing. But it's someone I know that helps me hook into my true beliefs more because my false beliefs have been, are growing or they're all over the place. And it's, I kind of feel like I'm becoming a victim to my own thought and you use the word sabotage and you're, you're right. We just start sabotaging ourselves and we know we're sabotaging, but we just right. kind of like, <laughs> so what? Might as well just sit down and watch a watch a show and, and eat five candy bars. Yes. <laughs> right? Or chips. In my family room, don't you? <laughs> whatever it is, if you're sweet or salty or or glass of wine, whatever our vices are, we all have them. Yes. We say, oh, let me just kind of check out for a while. Nothing wrong with that either. I'm never going to shame that. I'm like, yeah, I'm all about it. Whatever mm -hmm. you at that point. But if that's the only thing we're turning to and that's our only option, we're not learning ways to actually do restorative rest. Mm. Mm -hmm. And uh, 
we're talking about Amy and how she has two little kids. I have my kids at home with me. I work from home. Can rest be a solitary activity or can it be a group activity? I mean, you talked about how your husband goes on bike rides. I know you go on bike rides with him. What does that look like? Great question. And of course, there's no right answer. One right answer, I would say. The one uh, right answer I would give is what is makes, you know, evaluating what, what you feel like after you have gone through the experience. Mm -hmm. um, I have sat down with a girlfriend and had coffee and sometimes I am so elated and energized and other mm -hmm. times I'm so drained. <laughs> and sometimes it, it is the person and I'm realizing, oh, I really can't do more than an hour and a half with that person. Or other right. times it has nothing to do with the person and it's all about me. It's the fourth time I've sat down with coffee that week and I really can only handle one a week. Mm -hmm. so you start learning about yourself. I began to realize any kind of meeting face to face that usually goes longer than a minute or an hour and a half <laughs> starts really draining me. It doesn't matter how amazing I love the person. It has nothing to do with them. It has everything to do with me and understanding myself. Mm -hmm. um, some of that is I have a lot of introverted in me. You know, I love people and people don't understand this about me because they think I'm extroverted. And I go, mm, I'm really introverted, which means I have to recharge. Yeah. And more of my quiet time. I have a friend who's extroverted. We laugh at all the time. She has to recharge with other people. Really? So, yeah. And I have a strong extroverted side. I would say I'm right in the, in the middle. But um, for the most part, with the work that I do and working with people so much, clearly I have to do more introverted stuff. So we'll joke, to, we'll joke around and I'll see, see her run off to another party and I'll go, I'll catch you on the flip side. <laughs> I just need a break and then we can regroup and we can have a, you know, a coffee or a hike or something that we like to do together. So you're always just monitoring what you need and learning how to speak to it, to other people that want to spend time with you or that you want to spend time with. Many times we just don't know how to evaluate it. Mm -hmm. We just go, oh, I just finished coffee and we don't even stop to say, how do I feel after that? Mm, that's good. Mm -hmm. And obviously you're working from home. How do you turn off your business part of your brain too? I'm sure like, oh, I have this last minute email or do you segment your life like, okay, from 10 a.m. to 5 p.m. is work and then 5 to 7 is relaxing? Like, how do you compartmentalize life? Yeah, great question. Um, I have workaholic tendencies. Uh -huh. <laughs> I love my work and I love my family. My family can start hating my work. So I always look to them and I'm like, <laughs> are they hating my work? Because if they are, then I, it's, it's a cue that they're not yes. feeling like I'm giving them my attention. But organization is really key for me. And it's a simple, if I can get really concrete, it's just seeing that, yeah, I take clients from eight to three. Once my kids are home or whether they need me, they're teenagers now. So they're becoming more and more, you know, out of the house and independent. We're moving quickly toward empty nest. Mm -hmm. But I get to have more of this sense of being available for what they need. And I'm checking in with that. And I'm checking in with um, really what's feeding our marriage and our, and our spouse. And we'll joke. My husband will say, okay, no more work talk. Mm -hmm. <laughs> Both own our own companies. And we can start talking about our clients and what we're doing and what we're thinking. And he, he learning how to just kind of put a boundary on it. And I have to see it in my mind's eye of, okay, once I get up from my desk and I walk away, Mm -hmm. I'm done and I'm out of work mode. So mm -hmm. my, I have a clear boundary with my calendar. I have a clear space where I just say, yep, it's done. I'll literally close my computer. Um, I don't check emails. People usually know that, it, you know, if it's after three or four, they'll know, yeah, I probably won't hear from her till the next day. Okay. 
So you're just, and you just gently tell people, this is why you're doing it, you know, and this is why you need to do it. I had a friend who's a high workaholic and he goes, you mean you just turn off your phone? And I go, yeah, I, I kind of do. I keep it on silent, but he goes, you just throw it in your desk. And like, you don't, I'm like, no, I see things that come through at times, but I don't do anything about it if it's work mode. You know, and that's, you have to have that awareness inside of you. Otherwise it just starts creeping in and taking over your whole life. Well, as a leadership coach, you need to be the leader in this too. Like if you're exhausted because you're carrying other people's problems and if you're exhausted, you know, you're taking your own advice, which is so helpful. It's like never trust a skinny cook, you know, <laughs> don't trust an unhealthy counselor. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Yeah. I have to model it and yeah. you know, I'll be honest people like to talk about work-life balance and I just say, well, first of all, that's a myth. So I'll just let you off the hook. <laughs> there is no yeah. life balance. And I, I think if you keep trying to do that, it's like trying to get the brass ring. Yeah. There's no perfect life balance. I think it's really more about trying to evaluate how you're doing in that moment, in that day, in that season. And you're looking at it from a little small micro view and then you're expanding out to the macro view. How's this going to look like for the year, for the next five years? You know, and you're letting yourself evaluate how you're feeling about your quality of life. And you become a student of yourself and where you feel like you're thriving mm -hmm. <laughs> or when it starts slipping into more surviving. Mm -hmm. And I love how you already started the conversation with your family and your clients saying, okay, no more work talk or your kids. Hey, mom, pay attention to me. You're giving them that the open door. Okay, my family's my priority. And so you're letting everybody know that and especially your kids know that too. So I think that's amazing. Mm -hmm. The challenge will be when I don't have the kids in the home anymore, because I have to be able to say it for me, you know? Yeah. And I think that sometimes that's the hardest thing, especially mm. for women. They just go, well, I don't really have an excuse. Of course, you can, you can just keep coming into my space. Learning how to hold those boundaries, whether it's kids or not, is really important. You may say, oh, I'm sorry, I have a meeting. Well, maybe your meeting is to go take a hike by yourself that's and listen good. to a podcast. You got you to gotta learn how to do that. They're just as important as a little two-year-old who needs you or a 15-year-old who needs you, right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That's awesome. So that's all the time we have for today. Thank you. I've learned a lot and I will put this into practice because I need to be healthy and I need to be the best version of myself for me and my husband and my kids. So thank you for these tools. Oh, you're so welcome, Christina. Oh. Thanks so much for having me. Thank you. Please subscribe to the Heather Petty podcast. And for questions, comments, and resources, please visit heatherpenny.com. Remember to live your best life. You have to live intentionally. Have a great day, and we can't wait for you to join us next week. Thanks, Heather. Sure. See you later. Bye.